What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Imagine you are in critical condition after being injured in a car accident. You are rushed to the hospital. A host of people are tending to your wounds and making sure you simply stay alive. While in critical condition, you are not questioning whether those individuals have the proper credentials to even care for you. Your thoughts center around surviving and whether you are going to make it home to your family and your loved ones. You place a blind trust in the people around you and the hospital that employs them. After making it to the hospital, you are resting in the bed. A nurse comes into your room with a grim face. He tells you that there was a life-threatening mistake made during the procedure. If you are not operated on right at that moment, you could die. Samrath Mukherjee was able to fool the Baton Rouge area's medical communities for years with fake credentials that, to our knowledge, were never verified. Today, we look at the events that led up to, quote, Dr. Mukherjee being caught and what is being done to find justice for those who were harmed from his actions. This deep dive will include insights from Dr. Loy Lay's attorneys. Now, he is the doctor whose prescription ID Mukherjee allegedly stole to fill prescriptions. This is Louisiana Unfiltered. In December of 2022, Unfiltered with Kieran first reported that Mukherjee had just been fired from Acadian Ambulance. July of last year, he was arrested based on charges from our reporting as well as several Acadian Ambulance employees coming forward. December of last year, a federal grand jury indicted him on charges. The termination came after he misrepresented himself as a doctor for four years. He also voluntarily submitted his paramedic license back to the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals. I want to bring in now our investigative producer and our in-house counsel, Catherine Reed. Kat, let's kind of rewind the clock. How did we find out about all of this? From what I remember, a source from Acadian came to you and kind of talked about what happened. And then you told me about the story and you were like, Catherine, we have to get on this right away. I mean, this is such a big deal. This person was pretending to be a doctor for years in the Baton Rouge area. And the fact that he was terminated based on that understanding was just huge, I believe. 
I think you're right. And in fact, I even remember your conversations with the state agency. And when they confirmed that he had just turned in his license, that's when we realized, okay, this is a story. It has legs. We started confirming it. And as soon as we had the basics of it confirmed, we went with it. Yeah, you're right. I I remember looking on LDH's website to check for any information they had, even submitting public records requests. And really the only thing they would tell us was that he submitted his paramedic license. They would not verify or confirm anything else. Um, I think just the drastic um, news of someone pretending to be a doctor, nobody wanted to confirm or deny that to be honest. No, no. and we'll get to that in a little while. But Acadian Ambulance was adamant. I mean, we asked and asked and asked, but they were adamant. No, he never was a doctor with us. But the odd thing is, multiple former and current Acadian Ambulance employees kept saying, that's not true. And the reason they were finding out is because Acadian kept giving us statements saying that he was never a doctor. He was never a doctor. Those people were reading that statement and saying, wait, what? I agree. And, you know, I don't know if you want to go into maybe the employment history of Mukherjee at Acadian, but he was there for a long time. I think even when you were at a different news station, you talked with him, right? I did. You're right. I actually interviewed him. So Mukherjee had actually been at Acadian since May of 2015. And um, I think obviously he worked there till he was fired in December of 2022, but maybe 2018, when I was at my former television station, the story, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember being in Livingston Parish, and we were connected with him. Oh, that's what it was. I think it was Paramedic um, Awareness Month or Appreciation Month or something. So they hook us up with him. And now I can't remember this part, Catherine. Did he introduce himself as a doctor to us at that point? No, I believe he told you he was a fifth year medical student and he was about to start his residency or that he was a, resi- a resident You're at right. the time. You're right. Working yeah. to get his medical degree. You're right. Sorry, y'all. My, since I'm getting so much younger by the day, my memory starts to fade me, fail me. Uh, but you're right. He did not say he was a doctor because I was confused why we did him for paramedic um, appreciation time. But that's exactly what it was. So I interviewed this guy and nothing clicked. It just, okay, this is he's doing uh, paramedic until he graduates medical school and then he's going to become a doctor. So fast forward. Um, That's when he allegedly forged his match letter. Now, for those of you who don't know what a match letter is, it's basically after you've graduated medical school, you are matched to a med school. Wait, did I say that wrong? After you graduate, I'm sorry, college, you are matched to a medical school that, okay, you scored this much, you are going to Tulane, you're going to Emory, you're going wherever. He made that letter up. and. I know, and I think he posted it on Snapchat or something like that. He posted it to social media. Yeah, I mean, just the, I can't even think about like the mastermind behind who created that forged match letter. I just, in my wildest dreams, I could never imagine doing something like that and being so confident in my lie 
to just represent that to people that, yeah, this is a real match letter and I'm going to Tulane. Can you remember where he said he was going, Emory? So I think we'll talk about this a little later when we get in specifics, but there were multiple schools that he said he went to. So when he (laughs) shadowed that doctor at like after hours in one of the articles we reported, he said he went to Emory Medical School. But then when it came to the match letter, he said he went to Tulane and then his residency was with LSU Health Science. So he was employing so many different entities in this web of lies. And in fact, let's back up a little bit. So what I have learned is that it's two people starting talk and one of them is like, oh, yeah, Dr. Mukherjee this, Dr. Mukherjee that. And they said that, hold up, something's not right here. And they said, Dr. Mukherjee. He's a doctor? What are you talking about? And that's how it started to unravel that he's not a doctor. What are you talking about? And in fact, I believe Dr. Lay was his roommate, so he knew that he was not a doctor. And Dr. Lay's information is what he was using to call in a prescription, the uh, NPI. That's the National... National Prescription Identifier Number. So that's the number like when you call as a doctor, you call in Walgreens, you call in a call in a prescription for a patient, they ask for your NPI number to verify you're a doctor, you're in their system as yes, okay, you're doctor, so and so your information all comes up, you're cleared, go ahead, give us your prescription. Well, he was using Dr. Lay's con- uh, information, well, of course, it's going to come up as a legitimate doctor. And that's kind of how all of this came to light. And but as soon as Acadian was notified, they terminated him effective immediately. And now the other thing that we're told is that he also acted as their flight physician. What that means is Acadian Ambulance has air med. So when it's very bad situations and you are not within driving distance of a hospital, so there's a wreck in Everville Parish, deep down in Livingston Parish, and it's a very dire situation, air med goes. Well, he was going as the flight physician, as a doctor, while on board Air Med, going to the hospital. Are you looking for a new bank, be it for your business or for yourself? Neighbors Federal Credit Union has been serving the Baton Rouge area for over 70 years. In fact, let me tell you, when I launched Unfiltered with Kieran, my favorite thing about this bank was the intimate and the personalized one-on-one attention. Any needs I had, they took care of it swiftly. So if you are looking to get out of that corporate setting with your current bank and want more of an intimate setting, head to Neighbors Federal Credit Union to answer all of your needs you have. So with learning how the verification process kind of works and how easy it is to just get on Google and see that someone has an NPI number or not in less than five minutes, it makes you wonder what happened at Acadian Ambulance and what was the verification process like at Acadian? You know, Acadian Ambulance is a trusted, reputable medical provider in the Baton Rouge area. So how could something like this slip through the cracks almost? And I I feel like that's half the battle right there. And East Baton Rouge Parish does have EMS. But our other parishes, 
Iberville, Livingston, the Point Capis, I mean, uh, the Felicianas, Point Capi, they don't. Airmet, I mean, Acadian is the responsible person for all of them. So they actually service an area that's much bigger than EMS. So yes, they are a very trustworthy agency to get people to and from hospitals and provide care. I agree. And I think one thing that really shocked everyone was Acadian's response. Like kind of how we mentioned before, they just consistently, and when I say consistently, I mean consistently said he was, Samrat Mukherjee was only employed as a paramedic and never fulfilled the role as a doctor. They were adamant. Yes. Adamant is probably the best word to describe those responses. And the odd thing is, Kat, I remember you and I reading that response and saying, wait, what? And I even remember that I said, let's double check. We emailed them back and responded and said, are you sure this is your statement? And they they doubled down on it. And that was the that was maybe the first time we asked multiple stories that we've done. We asked every time and they doubled, triple, quadruple down on the same answer every single time. Oh, yeah. I, we even asked them about specific stories that were told to us by sources. I mean, with the little girl who had the skull fracture, we asked yes. about that. Uh, we asked like about verification of the match letter, about his medical degree, nothing. They did not provide us any answers whatsoever. And I guess on given their side, it's very embarrassing. Think about it for as reputable of a company as they are. That is it really true that you didn't even verify this guy's a doctor and you just accepted his word? That's embarrassing. It is. And I mean, to the extent that it's true, we have to really unravel and find out how did that happen. And honestly, the public just deserves to know at the end of the day because you are a you're a medical provider in the community that so many people rely on. I mean, there are life and death situations that you're handling in the communities. I remember, in fact, somebody reached out and said that that statement they're providing you that they never acknowledged him as a doctor is a lie, that they would do classes or something along those lines to where they presented him as Dr. Mukherjee. So Acadian was representing him or presenting him, should I say, as Dr. Mukherjee, yet to us, you have, we never acknowledged he was a doctor. He was nothing more than a paramedic to us. Well, and what about the Facebook post that one of our sources sent us? I mean, they had a screenshot and I, I remember the date was, gosh, it was like whatever year it was, Samrat Mukherjee, flight physician. And then the days that he after he got terminated, they changed the Facebook post and removed flight physician from the yep. post. And we actually have that in our articles. But who's running your Facebook page? How does Acadian not know? And, you know, I've always said this, Kat, that if you mess up, just acknowledge it. I feel the general public will appreciate that even more. But in this case, it's just been adamant. Nope, 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 nope. We need nothing about it. Oh, yeah. Even when the arrest warrant was issued, yes. Randall, man, he sent us 
What was baffling was he sent us the same exact response that he had sent when we originally asked about this case. I remember when you showed me that that's the statement, I said, wait, did you get a new statement or is this the same one? And you said, this is this, he gave us this statement just now. When I think I followed up with him and I was like, oh, you already provided this statement. Is this what you're going with? And he said, yes, it addresses the concerns that are laid out in the arrest warrant. You know, it's just like, okay, if that's what you want to go with, that's, you know, that's fine. Yep. Well, and that we also had so many sources who reached out saying that Mukherjee, he was simply pretending to be a resident at OLOL and that that's why Acadian gave him the respect as flight physician. Well, we also reached out to OLOL, which is Our Lady of the Lake in Baton Rouge. They confirmed that he was never employed there as well. When I think in the arresting documents, um, OLOL was mentioned as well as um, Baton Rouge Metro Hospital, because I think he had ID badges for both of those facilities, even though he wasn't employed by either entity. So often what happens is that we will report a story in the next day or following days. Other people will start reaching out saying, wait, the same thing happened to me or this person also did this to me. Well, that's what happened in this case. The mother of a three-year-old child reached out telling us that, quote, Dr. Mukherjee treated her daughter in just two months before he was fired. So it was October of 2022, around 4.30 in the afternoon, when three-year-old Dallas Terrell falls off of a golf cart in Gross State. Mukherjee responds to the case, and he is the one who treated her. He was the flight physician who showed up at the scene. Terrell told Unfiltered with Kieran that he had Dallas walk around with a skull fracture. When they finally reached the hospital, Terrell was told that Dallas should make minimal movement to avoid further damage to the skull or spine. So that's when she said that she was in complete shock when they discovered that he was not actually a doctor. He told them that he was a doctor and flew from Lafayette when he heard what had happened to Dallas. So again, I want to stress this. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. She has a skull fracture. He's telling her, get up and walk. When she gets to the hospital, they're saying, you need to be sitting down. You need to not be walking around at all. So the diagnosis or the suggestion from the very beginning was completely wrong. Now, thankfully, this little girl was taken to the hospital to receive proper treatment. 
but it definitely makes you wonder. I know for all of us, Catherine, chime in. When we heard that story and interviewed the mom, we were just thinking, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, it really makes you wonder, like, what other situations has, quote unquote, Dr. Mukherjee handled where he gave the wrong diagnosis or the wrong treatment right there in the moment? And to be honest, when you're in those crisis-like situations, you're not asking, like, who is this doctor? Who is this nurse? Who is this flight med person? You just want your kid or yourself to be treated and you want to feel better. You want whatever's wrong to get cured. So there are probably so many individuals who were treated by him and they don't even know that they were because they weren't necessarily paying attention to who was treating them. And Kat, you reached back out to Acadian to get a response to this specific incident, correct? I did. And again, We got the same copy and pasted response, just simply saying Samrat Mukherjee was a paramedic and he was only hired as a paramedic at Acadian and he was never given the responsibility as a doctor. And the interesting part is that regardless what we asked, the answer was the copy and paste. There was no, well, let me explain this part to you, or no, let me answer your specific question. Because Kat, it got us questioning, so what is the proper procedure for verifying, checking credentials at Acadian Ambulance? And you asked that question as well. I did, and that answer was never given. And I think I ended up going on either the board of pharmacies website or the board of medical examiners. And I was able to look up some of this information myself. I typed in Samrat Mukherjee on all platforms and his name did not come up for an MPI number nor for uh, a medical license number as well. So just for me, not being a medical professional, someone who I guess facilitates background checks, I was able to find out that he didn't have any of those credentials in a matter of minutes. And I think that's the more shocking part to us. Like, yes, you are an investigative producer. You, you, just like you said, you dig. But if we're able to find this stuff out, you work at the hospital or not hospital, I'm sorry, Acadian. How? So what procedures are in place? Can I just walk in and say, well, I'm Dr. Chawla and you go with it? And we tried to get that answer because a lot of people were asking us that question. And sadly, I don't think till this day we ever got an answer from them. We didn't. And honestly, I don't think we're going to get an answer until there's a court order mandating that Acadian provide the answer to that question. And that's unfortunate because you as the public have a legitimate question that is not being answered. Agreed. Well, and let's go a little further. As investigative producer, you tried to backtrack um, his history and where all he worked to figure out the rest of his journey, I guess, going back before May of 2015, before he even started at Acadian. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the web of lies and like the dishonesty is probably over a decade long. And that's scary. That's terrifying that he was actually able to fool a medical community for nearly a decade that he was either a doctor or a medical resident. 
So we spoke with a source at length about the time that Mukherjee worked or shadowed, better yet, at Lake After Hours. And this was around 2012 um, when he was there. And he presented himself as a fifth-year medical resident at the Lake After Hours. But he told the staff at that time that he was at Emory School of Medicine, which is in Georgia. Well, thankfully, the staff at this Lake After Hours had the sense to be like, oh, well, maybe let's pick up the phone and and call Emory School of Medicine to see if this guy is actually a student there. And I think that came about because of his total lack of competency in just simple procedures. You know, he he couldn't take blood pressure. He couldn't do a number of things. Um, And then he was dismissed from working or shadowing at the lake after hours after all that verification happened. And they were nice enough to let him leave. They didn't fire him. They let him leave without taking any further action. Yeah. um, And when I spoke with the source, she was just thinking, wow, I've known about this for a long time, but I just assumed after he got caught that he wasn't going to try to pull something like this again. And they're like you said that when they called Emory, they told. In fact, we even called Emory. What, what what did you find out when you made that call? So when I called Emory, I just asked, "Did you ever have a student by the name of Samrat Mukherjee?" And it took a few emails and a few phone calls, but finally I got on the phone, and the the person I spoke with just said, "Well, he applied." to Emory School of Medicine, but he didn't get in. So his name is in our system as an applicant, but not a student. Well, and I think the wild thing is too, Karen, he didn't even graduate LSU or get an undergrad degree, right? I I can't remember that. I don't remember where he went for undergrad. I believe it was LSU with uh, Dr. Lay. That's where they were roommates. Wow. I mean, and Dr. Lay has every right to just be so upset over all of this. Absolutely. I mean, someone who's your roommate, you assume is a friend or just someone you can trust. And this guy just completely took away that trust. Now, Catherine, I feel like one of the biggest hurdles that you and I dealt with in this investigation was the lack of communication when it comes to local and state law law enforcement agencies. It's not so much that they weren't communicating with us. They just kept telling us we don't have anything. No crime's been committed. He walked in. He may have pretended to be a doctor, but that's not a crime. He didn't physically treat someone or whatnot. But then we've got the case with Dallas Terrell, the three-year-old. So we're being told one thing, but law enforcement's telling us one thing. Yeah, it was really confusing, honestly, because you know, as an attorney, I have legal expertise on things. And this was such a blatant act of fraud that I I, I just can't even articulate the concern I had that nobody thought that there was a crime committed. And I think, what was it? It was a week or so after we reported this about Samrat Mukherjee, somewhere else in the state, there was a woman pretending to be an eye doctor. Yes. And she was arrested immediately. 
yep, you're right. You're right. And here it was more of like, nope, it's not our jurisdiction or nope, no crime committed. No, nothing. Or if it was committed, that person hasn't reached out to us and filed a report. We don't have proof of anything yet. And that's, I mean, from our understanding of what Dr. Lay told us, he reported this to the Board of Pharmacy, the um, what Drug Enforcement Administration, the Board of Medical Examiners, LDH. He, if there was an agency that had an interest in this case, he reported it to them. He absolutely did. And the odd thing is it wasn't just local agencies, law enforcement, should I say, even LDH, we ran into a brick wall trying to get anything. And I mean, that's part of what makes this job fun that when the brick wall is put up, at least for me, you, you're going to find a way to go around it. And regardless of the law enforcement agencies locally and state agencies saying, nope, 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 nope. Well, a grand jury felt otherwise. They did. And I just was sitting back as I read that the federal grand jury indicted Sam Rapp Mukherjee. And I just thought back to this process we started about a year ago, um, or even in February, I think that's when LDH finally had the hearing to discuss what yeah. Sam Rutt had done. And they refused to give us the minutes. But in the grand scheme of things, the grand jury indicted him. And they honestly legitimized a lot of the the things that we were questioning. You're right. And there was a long pause. Our first report came out in December of 2022. So he's been fired. And I remember checking in almost weekly. And I remember you checking in weekly with all the state agencies of anything, 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 um, still nothing. And then in July, he gets arrested. And it just is like, oh, okay. And we've been told that federal investigations are underway, but we could not confirm it. It was one of those a lot of the federal agencies are usually going to give you that we cannot confirm or deny the existence of any investigation. Yeah, but, I think I even reached out to the FBI and you did. they, did, <laughs> they <laughs> didn't even respond. They did not. Um, it was the Louisiana Bureau of Investigation, the Criminal Investigative Division of the Louisiana Department of Justice. They are the ones who initiated the investigation for medical fraud, potential medical fraud, of course. He allegedly was withholding income information related to his earnings from a Cadian ambulance. That resulted in him receiving Medicaid benefits from December of 16 to October of 2022. Well, we hope this does not happen to you, but in the case that you are arrested, another chance bail bonds is your go-to 24-7. Eddie Pleasant and Meg David bring over 20 years of experience and they have payment plans for every family's needs. Now, my favorite thing about this company is that after they bond you out, their story and your connection is just starting with them because their goal is that you learn from your mistakes and plan for the future. Another Chance Bail Bonds. Call them today at 225-381-0077. And, and Karen, what did that warrant confirm for us in our investigation? Several different things. First off, that Mukherjee did, in fact, forge his medical degree from Tulane. Then second, that Acadian confirmed that had they known that his medical degree was forged, they would have fired him immediately. Okay. Wait, I want to pause you on that yeah. one real quick. So what, 
let's dissect that a little. Had they known the medical degree was forged? Let's, like you said, stop. The, the medical degree. So you're acknowledging he has a medical degree now? And I mean, there are no answers as to what exactly that means. But I think having that in the arrest, arrest documents, like, I don't know. That kind of raises some questions. Yep. But officially, remember, Acadian had no idea he was a doctor. He was simply a paramedic. He never worked under the scope of a doctor. Right. Um, Third, that basically the warrant said that he confirmed or he fooled the medical community into believing that he was a doctor, which gave him access to several medical facilities in the area. And that it also added that, yes, for sure, he was using Dr. Lay's NPI number to give out prescriptions. Okay. And I think we could kind of pat ourselves on the back a little bit because basically everything we were reported was substantiated in this arresting document. It really was. And I mean, props to you. I've I've said this before that this was your full first like deep, deep, deep dive to where we were not getting information. I've always said investigations were like puzzle pieces uh, or one big puzzle, but it starts with one tip. And that's how this piece started. This was one tip that we were get given and everywhere we ran into brick walls, brick walls, brick walls. But then here we are facing not only an arrest, but a federal indictment. So Kat, there's been more developments in this case. In fact, just last week, Samrath Mukherjee was in court and he pleaded not guilty to these criminal charges. Wow, I I can't believe, I don't know. I mean, as a defense attorney, that is the advice you give your client is to plead not guilty to the charges as they're alleged. But I don't know, it's just, it's, been a wild story from the get-go. It sure has, and I'm glad we've covered it from the very beginning. But I guess for our viewers, let's you're obviously an attorney by trade. Let's break down, Catherine. There's obviously a criminal side to this and a civil lawsuit. Break down the difference between those for us. Yeah, so I mean, I think the biggest difference is that one is being prosecuted by a state agency. So the Department of Justice, the district attorneys, the United States district attorneys, they're the ones who are actually prosecuting the case against Muckerjee on the criminal side. So there was an investigating agency that looked into the facts and circumstances about what was going on with Muckerjee. And that's how the DA was able to draw on what charges to bring against Muckerjee, then goes to federal grand jury indictment, and now he pleads not guilty. So, you know, criminal charges usually have some sort of penalty, jail time, or, you know, whatever the sentencing is in the statute that's being violated, that's typically how you're being penalized there. On the civil side, you know, that's more of a an injury to someone else. So, you know, say you punch me in the face and you did it intentionally. I could sue you for battery on the civil side, but I could also ask the DA to charge you criminally for a criminal battery. But sticking on Oh, go ahead. Do you have something? So who's I guess who's the party in the civil lawsuit on this in this case? So um, it's actually Dr. Lay. I think we had mentioned him kind of at the beginning of this 
gigantic story we've been telling. And he was the doctor whose NPI number was being used by Muckerjee. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there are a host of injuries that could have happened because of this emotional distress. Um, okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Just fraud in the biggest sense of the word. He was seriously like, he stole something from Dr. Lay and presenting it out to the public as his own. So with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, there, there's probably. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to ask, so what is Acadian's role in all of this, in the civil? And that's a great question. So in in civil liability, whenever you are employed by somebody, so I'm employed by you, say I do something bad to someone out in the public, they're going to hold Unfiltered with Kieran liable for my conduct through this thing called vicarious liability. So you are allowing me to act in this way and cause harm to other people. So that's kind of what the tie-in is for Acadian Ambulance is he was working for you. You are vicariously liable for him as your employee. And that's, that's typical in these types of actions. But Acadian wants out of the lawsuit. Is that what the February 6th hearing is going to be about? That's a great question. Yeah. So um, the February 6th hearing is a hearing on some motions that Acadian filed to try to get out of the lawsuit, basically. They filed exception motions saying no right of action, no cause of action. And basically, they're saying Mukherjee worked outside of the scope of his practice as a paramedic, and that's all he was hired to do. So they shouldn't be responsible for someone working outside of the scope of their job. Man, they're holding tight to this whole, we had no part to play in all of this. Absolutely. They are. And I mean, I think just from my interview with Dr. Lay's attorneys, we go really deep into the lawsuit and kind of some of the arguments that Acadian is making in that civil lawsuit. Well, let's listen to that now. Okay. Sounds good. Let's turn it on. We are joined by Dallin Bush and Jamie Gonteric. 
who are representing Dr. Lee in the Samrat Mukherjee debacle that we have been covering for, I think it's been a year to this date that we are recording this podcast. That was the first day that we actually publicized the article saying that Samrat Mukherjee had been fired from Acadian Ambulance because he was fraudulently misleading people that he was a doctor for, I think, four years about. So we have Dallin and Jamie here to kind of talk about how they got involved with Dr. Lee and the case at hand. And I kind of want to bring the floor to them. So I'm going to bring in Dallin and Jamie to kind of talk about their involvement in the case. So my name is Jamie. I work with Unglesby and Crompton and uh, Dallin is with the Dallin Bush Law Firm. And we work on a lot of cases together. Uh, We go to trial a lot together. Uh, Oftentimes our law firms pair up. And so Dallin came to us uh, with Dr. Lay's case and said, you know, I think this would be a good case for us to work together on. And Dallin, I'll let you take it from here as to how uh, you got involved. Good morning, Catherine. Uh, We appreciate you having us on. And uh, yes, my name is Dallin Bush. I'm um, uh, with the Dallin Bush Law Firm. And uh, as Jamie stated, we work a lot of cases together with the Unglesby Law Firm as well as Unglesby Crompton. And um, uh, Dr. Loy Lay is a personal friend, actually. I've known him for several years. And so he contacted me, um, you know, of course, uh, quite distraught with this issue and having found that uh, someone had effectively taken his uh, medical license number and been purporting to be a physician. So as Jamie stated, we work a lot of cases together, uh, typically more substantial cases. So I reached out to their law firm and uh, and sort of gave them my idea on, on why I thought this was an important case for us to, uh, to try to work on. And uh, we just moved forward from there. Great. And we reported on, you know, several aspects of this case from Samrat getting fired to a little girl being treated by Samrat with a skull fracture um, to updates in the investigation and things of that nature. And do you, to the extent you can, what, how did Dr. Lay know Samrat Mukherjee? I mean, it seems like he was a victim in this case, but what what happened? I mean, where's the connection there? Right. So um, Dr. Lay knew uh, Sam Rat from growing up and uh, actually having been roommates at one point uh, earlier on in life. And so it's just as straightforward as that, just friends from having grown up together. And, uh, and you know, it's unfortunate that they've uh, found themselves in this posture. Uh, but, you know, of course, uh, anyone's professional license is something that's extremely important, important to them. And uh, they're going to protect it and do everything they can to make sure that they're um, adhering to ethical rules and standards and doing the things that are necessary to maintain their license. And, and, uh, and, and in Dr. Lay's case, take care of uh, patients properly, but also, you know, make sure that the general public is uh, is protected within the context of what his oaths are as a physician. We know that uh, Mukherjee has used Dr. Lay's uh, national prescription identifier number, which is used to prescribe uh, medication. And so with that information, um, you know, we're not in the discovery phase of this lawsuit yet. 
So we don't have all of the ev- uh, information and all of the evidence. Um, but we do know that Mukherjee was pretending to be a doctor and he was using um, Dr. Lay's NPI number in order to fraudulently prescribe. And so that's our concern that he's also taken the um, the license number as well. Okay. And so for individuals who may have been prescribed medication, is there a concern that they might have been given the wrong dosage or the wrong medication just in general. With him using the national prescription ID number, is there the possibility that he might have been prescribing patients the wrong dosage or just the completely wrong medication? Well, he's not a physician. So if he is uh, prescribing under national prescription identifier number, uh, that belonged to Dr. Lay, it's entirely possible and likely that he's prescribing the incorrect medication. He's not licensed for that. Um, and the thing is, when there is a physician that's riding along in an ambulance or in an air med, oftentimes it's our understanding that paramedics will look to that physician for protocols. And either they have to look to the physician that's there or call physicians that a physician that's on call, but not in that location. And so our concern is that Mukherjee was looked to by his coworkers um, to make decisions as a physician that's doing a ride along. And we think the federal grand jury um, showing that the coworkers thought he was a physician goes to that point as well. And that kind of leads me into the question of um, Mukherjee's employer. Acadian Ambulance. How are they playing into this lawsuit that has been filed against Mukherjee? It's our understanding that Acadian didn't know that Mukherjee was not a physician until Dr. Lay had kind of a happenstance. Um, he uncovered it, un- uncovered it via happenstance. And so it's our understanding that he told Acadian and informed Acadian Mukherjee is not a physician. And so uh, somebody from Acadian contacted our client and said, we do believe that he is prescribing under your MPI number. And with that information, Dr. Lay reported to the Louisiana Bureau of Investigations, reported to the Department of Health, reported to all of these law enforcement agencies, the Louisiana Pharmacy um, Board. Uh, he had to have his NPI suspended because it was just chaotic. And he didn't know how many people had been uh, prescribed under his MPI. He didn't know if his credentials had been used entirely. And so you have Acadian telling our client, we know that he used your MPI number, but then turning around and telling news sources, he didn't work outside of the scope of being a paramedic. And so our client is very concerned about the fact that he just reported to all of these agencies that we, he believes that his license was being improperly used or his MPI was being improperly used. And so there's that, that layer where Acadian has, you know, there's this misinformation and misrepresentation from Acadian. And then the ongoing concern that there's people out there that have been treated by Mukherjee that don't know it and were prescribed medications that don't know it under our client's NPI number. You know, it's, it's certainly a very realistic conclusion to draw and a realistic concern to have uh, that, you know, this individual who has represented to his employer, he has certain credentials, certain education, 
certain uh, capabilities would have utilized those capabilities and and uh, you know so that's at the crux of what our, our suit is is really honing in on and uh, as Jamie stated we're not in the discovery phase yet we're very early on in the litigation so uh, uh, as we move forward we'll hopefully be able to uncover uh, much more detail and specifics as it relates to what was and wasn't done uh, by Mukherjee in his capacity with Acadian. It's been nearly three years since we started Unfiltered with Kieran. To tell your stories, you have watched us grow from a small company into the news organization we are now. So why not let us help you grow your business as well? Come advertise with us on our high visibility platforms with hundreds of thousands of loyal followers. Let us customize your ads to be featured on our website, app, YouTube videos, or even right here on our podcast. Just go to unfilteredwithkieran.com slash advertising, and we will get busy promoting your brand, Unfiltered. And kind of going into the theories of liability that you guys alleged are being violated or, you know, the conduct is against the standard of care for negligence actions. Can you guys kind of describe what theories of liability you guys are alleging that Mukherjee and Acadian potentially have violated? Well, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I think that the biggest thing is I cannot emphasize enough how easy it is to check somebody's credentials. Um, I did not know anything about checking credentials and it took me five minutes to figure out how to check somebody's credentials on if they have a medical license. And so there's negligence from Acadian by failing to failing to do their due diligence when they hired Mukherjee, when he told them in 2018 that he was um, a resident and uh, had was in medical school. Um, there's negligent supervision where he was wearing badges that Acadian says weren't authorized, but Acadian, on the other hand, was also in social media posts and in the news saying he's a doctor. And so that's kind of an overarching theme with our causes of action. But then, you know, also the fraud and the intentional infliction of emotional distress that our client went through by being told by Acadian, your MPI is being used, him reporting all of this information to a number of agencies, and then Acadian in the public saying he didn't work outside the scope of employment and people are trying to disparage this company. So that's that's the gist of um, our causes of action at this moment. Yeah, and just to echo what Jamie's saying in, in a certain regard and expound a bit, uh, you know, when you... It's one thing for it to be very straightforward and easy to verify someone's credentials. It's another thing for it to be very easy and straightforward to verify someone's credentials who's in the realm of healthcare. You know, this is not uh, verifying, you know, not that there are uh, any sets of credentials that are irrelevant or unimportant, but especially within the film of with, within the realm of healthcare and medicine, um, you know, and not just in medicine, emergency response medicine. And not just emergency response medicine, but air med. So these are some of the most uh, potentially traumatic situations with people who have maybe some of the most uh, um, serious injuries, but certainly the most um, urgency in regard to being treated properly and having those who are treating them um, be within the capacity of their education, training and experience. 
I guess another question that I'm not sure if you guys can answer, but when Dr. Lay was reaching out to all of these law enforcement agencies, it just seemed like him and even us, we reached out to several, I I reached out to the board of pharmacy, LDH, um, the board of medical examiners. And it just felt like I was hitting a dead end at the end of the day because nobody was answering my questions. Is is that okay? Or, you know, what is your perspective on that? Well, you know, I I think that, um, at least as it relates to our client's actions, he did anything and everything that he could think to do to um, bring the alarm and bring attention to what uh, he found was going on. And, uh, you know, we want to, in the context of seeking justice, have responsibility uh, fall and rest where it should. Uh, you know, the, the agencies are responsible for making sure that they react and respond within the confines of their protocols and procedures. And I think one of the things that's important to remember is that we're effectively, at least in my experience of practicing almost 20 years, I've never seen anything like this. So we're dealing with something that really is, in many regards, a matter of first impression. And so as far as those internal uh, decisions on what to do by any specific agency. You know, I don't want to want to pass judgment necessarily without really knowing uh, what their responsibilities are and their policies are, what their obligations are. But we do know, at least from Dr. Lay's perspective, uh, we're confident he did everything that he could to make sure that the appropriate entities were were notified and took action. And um, I think this kind of leads into the grand jury's indictment. What does that mean exactly for the civil lawsuit that's been filed against Mukherjee and Acadian? Is it helpful? Is it not helpful? If you could just kind of lay that out for everyone. Well, I think the state criminal claims, those were dealing more with the getting paid and the salary taken by Mukherjee. And so when we drafted the petition, we really went off of the probable cause affidavit, but there really wasn't an indictment there that he had told his coworkers that he was a physician. And so I think the federal grand jury indictment bolsters our position that he told his coworkers that he was a physician and, you know, there should be ramifications for that. And so it's great to see that, um, the grand jury is thinking what we're thinking and did something about it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, and as far as the state claims, do you guys know of any state um, criminal, I mean, like the attorney general or the district attorney, do you guys know if if either of those agencies are filing criminal charges in the state level? So um, there are um, matters that are pending that are connected to uh, this scenario and this situation. Uh, specifically, um, there is uh, there was an arrest warrant that was issued in East Baton Rouge, and so there are uh, charges that are pending uh, 
their their my understanding associated with representations that Mukherjee has made to state agencies uh, for um, the purposes of certain benefits. Uh, so sort of an ancillary uh, criminal case that's pending and moving through state court, not directly in line with what, with what it is that we're alleging in the civil suit on, on behalf of Dr. Lay, but certainly, you know, related to and arising out of these, these same facts and circumstances. Okay. And that makes sense. Um, and then I did want to go back to your comment about you've been practicing for 20 years, 20 years plus, and you've never seen a case like this. Can you just kind of tell us what you mean by that? What exactly is so unique about this case? Well, it's, uh, it's, it'll be 20 years this, this, this coming year. And, uh, hopefully I don't wear that age on my face, but, uh, (laughs) myself a bit. Um, but you know, that said, uh, and you know, the analogy that I made earlier about, um, you know, our professional law license and sort of comparing that to the medical license. Jamie's exactly right. It's uh, specifically the MPI number uh, that's was utilized here by Dr. By, uh, by Mr. Mukherjee. And so I just, in my experience have not seen, I've, you know, worked in the DA's office in Ascension parish for a brief stint. I've uh, handled public defender matters and private criminal defense I know that uh, attorneys that work with Jamie, uh, specifically Lance Unglesby, Lewis Unglesby, uh, they've you know done a lot of work in, in criminal defense, and 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 Lewis certainly is uh, one of the most uh, preeminent lawyers in, in the country in civil cases, and so it just I do not recall having seen aside from uh, a movie that we may all be familiar with, Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> Uh, a scenario where an individual uh, had had really assuming that you know what has been alleged in in both the 19th JDC East Baton Rouge uh, arrest warrant and what we've alleged in our petition, uh, an individual moving through different medical facilities and really holding himself out to be a physician, and that just plainly not being the case. And especially that being the case, given the ease with which that information can be verified. So, you know, it, it just is uh, is something that I've never seen before and uh, and have not uh, fortunately had the uh, opportunity to work a, a case that uh, had anything to do with. So. And I would also say the duration of how long this has been going on is pretty incredible. I could see someone trying to do this and maybe getting away with it for a month, a couple months. Um, but you would expect that a company in healthcare dealing with the dealing with serious situations and significant injuries would check credentials. And so to me, what's most surprising is the duration of this conduct. Well, and that was going to kind of lead into my next question. Um, One of our articles, we did a really deep dive about Samrat Mukherjee going to a, I believe it was a lake after hours. He was pretending to be a fourth or fifth year uh, medical student. And the nurses, even the, the lead doctor, they caught him within a month or so because he didn't have basic competency in taking blood pressure or you know, I'm not in the medical field, so I don't know all of the different standards or protocol that they use to look at patients. But 
he didn't have those basic skills. So how could he get away with doing this for, I believe, four years? I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it it uh, it again speaks to the the extreme nature of the actions. You know, there's a certain level of trust that I think any reasonable person would have when one they're on the scene of, of some sort of uh, emergency event and they make a call to nine one one for an emergency response team or an emergency medical team to to show up and uh, and so. You know, in the moment, certainly people just want help. Um, in the moment, I'd imagine, you know, people who are working with Mukherjee and others, they, they want to get the job done. And so uh, there's certainly something to be said for those individuals who were able to identify the lack of core competency and, and you know, reported it such that it didn't continue um, at their facility. And uh, I just think that there's, you know, in the medical profession, there's that inherent level of trust, both from the patients, but also within that community for the workers to think that that basic level of verification, of course, would naturally be done. Mukherjee was a paramedic. He was a licensed paramedic and he was working with other paramedics. So there was some competency there, but he was holding himself out as a physician. So, you know, it's common sense that if you're a paramedic and you're working with a physician next to you that you're going to defer to their decision making on, you know, situations where there's a high level of trauma. So, you know, a nurse situation may be different from a paramedic situation, because he was licensed as a paramedic, but he was also acting in a physician capacity. And those paramedics may not have known what to question. And that I think that's a really good point. And it really makes you wonder how big his plan was with fooling the community into thinking that he was a doctor. So, you know, he's using multiple places as the host for his medical studies. I think he said Emory then Tulane when he was with Acadian. And then I believe he was saying LSU health science for his residency. Um, I mean, with using that many entity names, how do you verify, you know, which one is the right one? Is it simply just calling them the way we did? Or is there more to investigating where you're going to school? I mean, I am not in that field. So I don't know what the facilities do to determine whether someone has a medical license, but I'm sure it's more than taking them at their word. And so I think that you know, there's just this web of lies that happened. And I don't know why there was this switching of school to school. uh, But I do know that finding out whether someone actually has a license isn't that hard. And I think he probably got away with it for as long as he did because of confidence. I mean, you have to have confidence when you're emailing the regional VP of Acadian to try and get a new badge that says you're a doctor. So, you know, you can go a long way with confidence. until you get caught, which happened in this case. Yeah. Well, and I think, didn't he also fake his match letter? Is that, uh, is that something that's easy to do? I, it's just hard to imagine someone, you know, going to that extreme of faking their match letter. It'd be like, 
us as attorneys, I guess, going on the Louisiana Bar Association's website, screenshotting the page where you look up an attorney and you just inserting your name and a fake bar roll number. Um, So then how does someone cross check that to make sure that that's true other than just simply going onto the website? Do you have any thoughts on that? So it's our understanding that that was on social media. Um, So I don't have the match letter to know, you know, I've I've seen it, but um, you know, I'm sure that with Photoshop that can be done. And I don't, I don't know what is required to check whether somebody did graduate or did get matched. Um, But I would assume that there's some verification that goes on some documentation. So I really don't know how he slipped through the cracks on this. Um, But we're just, really grateful. And so is our client that through this happenstance, um, we're able to stop um, him from treating people. And I think an important uh, point to raise uh, in connection with the litigation is this really is an opportunity for our judicial system to take a position on what really is due diligence and what really should be done in terms of verifying the credentials of uh, a medical professional, specifically a physician. So, uh, you know, our, our biggest concern is, is getting justice for, for Dr. Lay, but also uh, we realize that there's an extremely high likelihood that there were a lot of individuals that were either, either prescribed medications or treated by this individual and, uh, and, you know, concerns to make sure that if appropriate, those individuals get justice as well. The healthcare system is ever evolving. And so the level of communication, for example, with the opioid epidemic, where there was this major concern about um, multiple facilities um, prescribing opioids and, and patients doctor shopping, that kind of kickstarted um, a central database essentially, so that you you had doctors talking to each other about the same patient to make sure that wasn't happening. And so I think this is a good opportunity for the same thing to happen, where facilities can talk to each other and have an increased level of care. Um, and if there's you know, if there's um, providers that aren't working or there's concerns that that can be shared rather than having someone like Mukherjee <clears throat> jump from facility to facility. Yeah. And I think you guys are raising some interesting points. And I know, Dallin, you had mentioned this is kind of a case of first impression. Um, so when you're dealing with these cases of first impression, like where do you find the standards? Are you just making them up? Are you looking at other cases? Are you looking at, you know, I know in Louisiana, there are comments under the code articles. What are you, what are you looking to, to help define these standards? Right. So one of the reasons that uh, when I have uh, more significant cases, I reach out to, to the Unglesby Law Firm and Unglesby Crompton and specifically Jamie. Jamie is excellent when it comes to research and uh, and as you know, as an attorney, uh, when we come across cases that are, you know, I mean, each case is is very fact specific and each case is different. Um, but with respect to something that's as unique as this scenario, uh, you do. You have to find circumstances that uh, may be analogous and make reference and make your arguments based on uh, cases that are as similar as possible. But as you know, in Louisiana, uh, there's an overarching with respect to tort law. Um, idea of what is reasonable and what a reasonable duty is that a reasonable person or business should undertake 
given whatever your specific circumstances are. So there's this this within the overarching idea of reasonableness, we can you know make arguments as to what should have been done. Uh, like Jamie said, a very uh, you know basic Google search can let you know if someone does or doesn't have uh, a license as as a physician. And so you know those are all factors that we're we're planning on presenting to the court to support our argument that there should have been some vastly different things done in this in this case. So I don't know if you guys want to share any final thoughts on just what you've been experiencing through this process. Uh, it just seems like it's been a whirlwind for everyone involved, us included. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty incredible to me that Unfiltered with Kieran is really the only news source up until recently that has broken this story um, because, you know, there's things pending um, in the criminal court um, and federal court on the criminal side. And uh, we had our civil case and other news sources were not really picking up on it until recently. And this is just, that was just crazy to me that this is so newsworthy. And for Mukherjee having been with the Canadian ambulance for over four years, that it's affected a lot of people. And so you know, our client's main concern, and from day one, he said this over and over again, is for his concern for people that may have been harmed by Mukherjee. And so that's what we've been trying to do is to get the word out um, regarding potential victims, because people may not know um, when you're told that you're being treated by a doctor, you take them at their at their word. And so I think the fact that now news sources are really picking up on it um, has been great, but it's just, I still can't get over the fact that it's taken this long. And and just uh, a big thanks to Unfiltered, uh, just as Jamie said, for being really on the forefront of this and, and making sure to get as much information out to the public as possible uh, about this situation. And, uh, you know, we just, at the end of the day, want to get to justice for our client and also make sure that anyone who may have been harmed, um, by, uh, treatment from Mukherjee and or Acadian, that they know that this is an issue and they're able to, uh, to reflect on what may have happened in their situation. And, uh, and just as with the, a uh, young young lady whose daughter had a head injury, you know, uh, know that this person may have been treating them or a loved one or whomever, and uh, and making sure that they seek justice for their specific circumstances. So so thank you and uh, and Kieran for for being you know uh, pioneers and really getting that information out to the public. Well, thank you so much, Dallin and Jamie. This has just been super insightful, and we really hope that. The wheels of justice keep turning in this situation, both civil and criminally. So thank you again. Thank you for having us. Wow, Catherine, very interesting interview. Thank you for that. So I guess the next few steps on this case, February 6th, of course, we'll have the motions hearing in the civil lawsuit. But March of 2024, this case is expected to go to trial. Yep. In the middle district of Louisiana, right in downtown Baton Rouge. So, you know, who knows who's going to be there to watch how everything unfolds at that criminal trial. I can tell you that we plan to be there to cover it. So we hope this comprehensive overview gives you some perspective on the situation involving Samrat Mukherjee, who was allegedly 
misleading the public into believing he was a doctor, maybe even before that time as well as a resident. So if you were treated by Mukherjee, please feel free to contact Unglesby and Cropton because they really want to help those who have been impacted by Mukherjee and help them find justice. And Catherine, though this question still remains, how was he able to fool the community for so long? We may never get an answer to that, but stay with us as we continue to cover this story and the new layers that continue to unfold. On behalf of our entire Louisiana Unfiltered team, I'm Karen Chawla. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.